You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. This is episode 171 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Happy fucking New Year. Uh, yeah, the start of 2021. Uh, first episode of the year. Um, and my outlook is high. Like I'm, 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 I'm hoping for good things. Uh, even though the year started out uh, really weird. <laughs> Well, so here's the way I've been thinking of it. Uh, remember in the Dark Knight, how like it starts out with that bank heist? Yeah, it's like we already know that Batman's going to come. We we know that there's good things ahead, but we got to have that initial turmoil right right off the bat. True, just to introduce us to our villains. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of looking at it that way. Like 2021 is just going to kick off with you know the the last hurrah of the villains before the good guys sweep in. Right. Let's hope so. I mean, you know, I'd say even if you're in the U- not in the U.S., you probably know what's going on here. Everybody knows because <laughs> we've made an international la- laughing stock out of ourselves. We got a nice note from Valenzuela, who was like, "We're really sorry to see about the violence in your country." Fucking Valenzuela. <laughs> That's saying something. Uh, and you know what the sad part is? Is that like China? And Russia and Iran, they're all just like, look at these fuckers. Yeah. These idiots don't know what the fuck they're doing. And like people that like we respect as a country, like other countries that we respect, um, like as like kind of brother country or brother and sister countries, uh, like uh, Britain, they're just like, oh boy, we don't know them. <laughs> Damn fucking Roomba. Um, wow. What a mess, guys. Uh, it's 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 good that there was some law and order brought to that situation, but the fact that their response to it was so drastically different than it was just a few months ago to the Black Lives Matter protests um, was like is staggering. Um, yeah, the, the excuse that I heard going around was that they didn't want to uh, give off the persona of too muscular a response. And I was like, this is the fucking capital. This is the fucking electoral college count. Like, this is the time when you need that muscular. Yeah. You're protecting, you're literally depre- protecting democracy. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, but I mean, sure, I'm sure you saw the videos of Capitol Police opening the security barriers yeah. to let people in. Un-fucking-believable. 
But, you know, leave it to the lowest fucking common denominator of American idiots that would record themselves committing felonies, treasonous felonies. Not even just recording themselves, like recording themselves, live streaming, and speaking to the media immediately after. So, I mean, there's, it's, again, it's in no way comparable to the Black Lives Matter uh, protests where people were being tear gassed and beaten about the head and shoulders um, uh, just because fucking that fat fucking dipshit wanted to walk a couple blocks to a church and embarrass not only himself, but us as a nation. Uh, you know, like I said, beating and gassing people uh, for it. This is the same police force that took, uh, they didn't want to show too much muscle. Yeah. Against, you know, protesters seeking peace rather than rioters, terrorists seeking violence. <laughs> I saw some, some statistic today that there was, there's something like uh, 50, what? <laughs> just, you, you just stuttered the slightest bit on statistic and it just made me think of fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, because I was. Did you bring your statistics? Because <laughs> I started saying statistics, but then I stopped myself out of that extra T. Um, but I saw some statistic earlier today that there's something like, I think it's like 80 something arrests to date from that riot. Um, insurrection. Let's, let's call it what it is insurrection. Coup. Um, and. From the same protests, or from the same area, for Black Lives Matter protests, there were something like close to 200 arrests. And there was only 12 the day of. Right. Um, But, like, an unbelievable scene to see these pictures of armed Capitol Guards pointing guns at people trying to get into the Senate, or to the, uh, the floor of the House of Representatives fucking mind-blowing that's something i never thought i would see in my lifetime yeah anyway um but guys we're still looking forward to 10 days from now or all that is is not necessarily gonna change but things are gonna start to change hopefully Hopefully. (laughs) um one can only hope anyway uh, but yeah, so, I mean, looking forward to a, a bright new year, um, you know, on a, on a personal level, you know, I've got my, my firstborn son due in May. Looking forward to that. This is the first time on the show. I think that you've mentioned that it's a boy, right? I think I did mention it. You probably did last episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and address that while we're on it. Yeah. So every uh, year, <laughs> every year we do our Christmas episode. It's, I, th- I feel like it's one of the highlights of our of our year yeah yeah it's it's always i mean there's so many good christmas horror movies out there so it's always fun to to kind of do that you know it's always nice for us to just kind of kick back yeah talk about some christmas horror you know we do our gift exchange which we'll actually do later on by the way yeah that's that's the bonus of what's missing last episode (laughs) um and uh yeah it's just kind of a fun kickback episode that we usually do to kind of you know our, our last little thing we do before christmas and, and, and it's usually, usually the, the, the last episode of the year too right 
Um, this year we did do a Hanukkah episode, which was was not meant to take over the Christmas episode. Right. Uh, but what happened was because of the holidays and stuff, we decided to record it remotely. But uh, for whatever reason, like we we got the horror business down and you know on wax as they say, and then we recorded the reviews. And I had the app that I was using on my computer. You push the stop button, and it's supposed to immediately pop up and ask you where to save. I pressed stop, and nothing happened. So I pressed stop again, and it started recording again. And once it starts recording again, it records over everything that was already there. So the reviews on my end just disappeared into the ether. And we just never found time to get together and, and re-record them. Yeah. So, I mean, we have the reviews, or not, the, sorry, uh, the uh, the horror business, which, you know, we could have released, but it seemed like kind of pointless to release half of an episode. Right. Um, especially, you know, it being a Christmas episode and a horror business wasn't even Christmas related. Um, the Christmas element of our show was the uh, the reviews. And, you know, we didn't do our gift exchange because we weren't in person. We were, I mean, that was always part of the, the intention was that we were going to save it for this episode to do our gift exchange. You can see Taylor's sitting right, right over there. People, people are watching. By the way, we're broadcasting live. Tony's is right behind it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we are live on Patreon right now. Uh, we talked about last episode, and I think the episode before that, that we were going to start doing horror business live on Patreon for our Patreon patrons um, in the $5 and up tier. Call them grave diggers. Sorry, our grave diggers <laughs> uh, over on Patreon. So we are broadcasting live. They are welcome to join us in the chat if they want. They, of course, you won't hear about this until three days later. Right. But they're they're watching right now, and they're hearing all about it. Who are these people, Tony? Uh, these lovely folks that contribute to us every month financially keep this show afloat. Uh, not an expensive show we run here, but it does cost money, unfortunately. Capitalism, right? Yep. Uh, That's what our country is based on. Right. Uh, those lovely folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much for your contribution, guys. It means the world to us. It does help us keep bringing you these shows um, every other week. You know, it's funny that capitalism is what costs us all the money, but since we're crowdsourcing it, that's basically socialism. In a a way, sure, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Anyway. Taylor, <laughs> if anybody else would like to join this fun little party, where can they go? If you would like to join us, including now watching these these uh, bullshit videos live as they happen, <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash graveplotpodcast. $5 gets you the live stream, gets you your name in the show, but perks do start as little as $1. The more you give, the more you get as that goes. Also... Being one of our grave diggers does grant you free entry to this year's Grave Plot Film Festival. Truth. Fe- fe- fest. That's, we don't call it festival. No, we only trademarked fest. We're hip. We didn't trademark shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally anybody could steal it from us, and we couldn't don't do it. shut up! <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Grave Plot Film Festival, Taylor. Okay. Why do I, I did it again. Grave Plot Film Fest. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be fest because that's the website. We did register a website. So if anybody tries to trademark it now, we at least have previous uh, usage to, to fall back on yeah. when we sue. So fuck we, you. We will sue you so fucking hard. <laughs> sue me, sue, sue me. me. Sue me. 
Uh, Great Plot Film Fest taking place on February 6th, 2021. Uh, unfortunately, it is an online. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, it is online this year. Unfortunately, because we don't get to, you know, fill up the Arc Lodge cinemas with horror fans. But uh, fortunately... And we don't get that face-to-face engagement either. That's... Right. And and you don't get free beer. That's true. That's People don't realize. We give away free beer, guys. Yeah. Fucking come to the, the, the shit. Yeah. You get, like, your... your as much beer as you can drink for $15. Like, seriously, too much beer. I take home so much beer every year. Come drink my beer. Not this year, though. You got to drink your own beer. But you can watch from the comfort of your own couch in your underwear if you want. You can watch with a friend in Vietnam. It's true. We'd prefer you didn't. We'd prefer, prefer that friend in Vietnam paid their own entry. Well, no, you got to buy your own ticket. You can, don't, don't screen share and shit. That's shady. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, we're already coming to terms with the fact that people are potentially be watching with a living room full of friends. But, you know. Which you shouldn't be doing anyways. It's a pandemic. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, same ticket cost is $15. Um, and Twelve. That's, do we, we usually charge 12 Yep. Okay. I don't know why I had 15 in my head. I don't either. But yeah, to, to buy your e-ticket is um, $12. That gives you... Well, 13 There is There is a $1 charge, which is, that's not us. That's the, the company that we go through. You blame them. Right. Um, and that will provide you the link to... Yeah, there's a link, and then we'll have the, the video will be embedded in that link. Right. And we're going to be streaming live, and I don't think we're going to be hosting anything. Like, once it's done, it's done. I don't think you can go back and watch anything. Right. It's um, going to be just just like our Patreon videos. It happens once, and then it never happens again. Yeah. We don't speak of it. Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can set up some kind of engagement with either filmmakers or, or whoever. Um, I'm pretty sure there will, there will be a chat function, I think. So that's good. Um, and you'll be able to vote for the audience favorite awards. I think we'll maybe do the awards at a later date is what I was thinking since we won't like, there's no world cause we're, we're not going to be live. It's going to be a pre-recorded thing. So, Oh, we can't really like do I, the I awards. That. We've talked about this so many times. We've talked about a lot of things and I can't remember <laughs> where we landed. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. Anyways, <laughs> greatplotfilmfest.com. Uh, get your tickets. Like I said, watch from the comfort of your own home. Do February sixth, and all all the uh, the films have now been selected. Uh, they've been passed on to our judges. You can see what films we picked over at greatplatformfest.com/slash/films. Uh, we've got films from Germany, from Canada, from I think there's one from Spain, Norway, España. This is for the people of España. Yeah, it's it's the uh, the GPIF. Great Plot International Film Fest. There you go. As Rob Bookta says. Anyway, February 6th, come on down to your living room. Yeah. Or wherever you or have your bedroom computer. or your den or whatever. Yeah. Whatever people do. We don't judge. We don't know your life. You can also, when you buy your tickets, you can donate to the Arc Lodge Cinemas, which is our, our normal home. Uh, they are, you know, dealing with a pandemic as we all are. And they're, they're unable to show movies right now. So it would mean a lot, not only to them, but to us, if you could contribute any small amount to, to help them out. Yeah. I mean, the difference between the Arc Lodge and, you know, something like, uh, like Regal Theaters or, or you know, uh, Cinemark or something like that, or AMC, is like 
those theater branches, those theater chains, they shut down um, because the cost of operation is too great for them and they're not turning the profit. The problem with the Arc Lodge is that that for them to not turn on the lights, they lose money. Yeah, they don't own their building. They're still paying rent um, and they're still paying, you know, power bills and everything else. But yeah, they're not getting any income right now. So Right. Yeah, it's it's like I said, for those bigger chains, it's really just uh you know, plugging up a wound, stopping the bleeding. Because they're, you know, multi million dollar corporations. Arc Lodge is an independently owned and operated com- uh, cinema. Um, and, you know, if they don't turn on their lights, if they don't have butts in seats, they're losing money. They can't just sit back and close up shop and, you know, maintain. And wait. Um, like the bigger chains can. So, anyway, uh, we're hoping, again, Looking, looking towards the future, or hoping things start turning around this year. Uh, you know, they're saying like seeing signs of herd immunity, herd immunity, immunity. Thank you. Uh, like mid to late summer, I think is what I yeah, heard. I'm seeing vaccines in the spring, and yeah. So, fingers crossed, guys, that this is the last year we have to do this. 2022. We hope to see all your beautiful faces once again filling the Arc Lodge Cinema in yeah. Seattle. For the rest of you who are in like Wisconsin, hi Lance. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's the thing is like this is going to be the first opportunity for people um, across the country and across the world to actually engage in something that takes place in a little self-contained theater in Seattle every year. Now you can see what goes on to to an extent. You can see the the, the great films that we show to people's faces. Also, shout out to our judges, Silas Dahl and Bob Ferguson. Yes, thank you guys. And yeah, we, we kept our judging panel smaller this year. Yeah, we usually have at least three. It's just, you know, it, it's a weird year. Yeah, everything is more kind of uh, compact and concise. Yeah. Anyway, shall we uh, carry on? Okay. All right. Let's do some horror business, guys. Okay, so, um, you know, starting out with real world horror. Thank you. Uh, you know, New York City is not the place you typically think of about, you know, we think of wildlife being that it is a, like a major metropolitan area. Other than like pizza rats. Right. And <laughs> pigeons. <laughs> Which are rats with wings, so it's just kind of just rats. Just How come rats. you never see baby pigeons? I don't think they exist. Birds aren't real, man. <laughs> Um, anyway, but yeah, you just generally don't think about the wildlife and the things that can happen. Like, you're you're never really worried about a bear attack in New York. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Unless, uh, like, unless, like, the Bronx Zoo gets busted open or something. Yeah. I always think about the, like, this is one of those, just those random things that occupy my brain, but this episode of News Radio where, uh, Phil Hartman's character is talking to Dave Foley and he's like, the biggest news story that ever happened in your hometown is when a cow escaped from a farm and ran through the city. And Dave Foley's like, I lived in Milwaukee. It's a city with a population of a million people. Phil Hartman's like, 
man, that was, must have really been something when that cow got loose then. <laughs> oh, Phil, we hardly knew ye. One love. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you know, you don't typically worry about the wildlife, but perhaps you should. Because over in Queens, uh, specifically in the Rigo Park neighborhood, um, there are tales going around of a man-eating squirrel. <laughs> uh, now, you may think I'm being silly, but let me tell you the tale of Mich- Micheline Frederick, who, uh, in talking with the news, pointed out a bruise that was on her wrist. She said the squirrel landed on her arm. That means he dove out of the tree on her. Right. <laughs> he had a mission. Uh, he dove out of the tree, presumably, landed on her arm, and then began chewing on her fingers and hands. On her fingers and hand, Taylor. Drawing blood. That's a vicious squirrel, right? Uh, she says, we were, in a wrestle- we were wrestling in the snow, and there's blood everywhere, <laughs> and my fingers are getting chewed, and it won't let go. Eventually, it just stopped, and there I was, a big bloody mess. Now, that's brutal. Like, I, when you started talking about it, I, I'm picturing just like little nibbles and stuff, but man, wrestling in the snow with blood and... Yeah, and I mean, we've seen enough horror movies, pro- probably, probably not enough exist of horror movies that take place in the snow. But or, or with squirrels. <laughs> something that's terrifying is the or, sight of... Or as Bob has just called them, tree rats. <laughs> Uh, she, uh, but like something terrifying to witness, to see is blood in snow. Oh yeah. It's like, what happened here? (laughs) I hope it was a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me of one time, uh, I think it was high school. Uh, we had a snowstorm, so school's canceled. Um, my, my buddy trekked over in his Daewoo Lanos, which... (laughs) I know who this is based solely on that. Because <laughs> who else owns a Daewoo ever? Actually, it's funny. My my wife's friend had a Lanos, and when she drove it to our house once, I'm like, oh, this car brings back memories. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, there must have been like six, seven inches of snow on the ground, like un- like unplowed. Um, and he somehow made it over to my house, but we just went out and just. Started fucking around in the snow. And first thing we did is we we rolled a giant snowball. Like, this thing was probably about four feet in diameter. And we left it in the middle of the street. (laughs) Assholes. And then we took some... uh, He fell down in the snow. Like, as as you would if you were going to start doing a snow angel. Then carefully gets up. And then I take some red food dye and start dripping it all over, all over the body imprints. And I, I, we, we tried to stick around to see like what anybody would do, but I mean, this was like a, a suburban neighborhood in the middle of a snow day. So we, we, I think we waited for like 15 minutes and just nobody came. So, <laughs> but good times. Anyway, um, uh, 
Michelin said uh, this was an MMA cage match, and I lost. There's no cage. Yeah. Nor nor was there any MMA. I mean, we don't we don't know. She could have like put the squirrel in a tiny little triangle choke or something. <laughs> uh, two other neighbors told WCBS uh, that the squirrel had jumped on them. See, seemingly unprovoked. It's not just her. This is it's a rash. It's a it's a uh, it's, it's a serial attack squirrel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's protecting its young. I don't know. Uh, Vinati Singh said uh, these squirrels are aggressively going after people. So, uh, I mean, like, I don't know if this is necessarily the same thing, but like I said, protecting their young, if you, uh, have ever been dive bombed by a crow, which they are notorious for doing, uh, it's usually because their nest is somewhere nearby and they're, they have taken you to be some kind of predator and that's why they dive bombed you. Uh, so, I mean, like... You could be easily attacked by a, a crow at any point. Yeah. So maybe it's the same thing for squirrels. And crows remember faces. They do. It's eerie. Yeah, they're evil. They are. They 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 represent evil. Yeah, blackbirds. Fucking. Anyway, uh, so maybe just don't go to Queens for a while because you might well, get attacked by a squirrel. I just want to piggyback off this real quick because I found a a related but secondary story in Toronto which is, you know, just a hop, skip, and a jump over the border from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, on January 6th, a video was posted to Twitter from one Andrea Diamond of a squirrel running along her fence with a knife. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a knife-wielding squirrel. Look at him. He's got a knife. Oh, my God. He's, he's looking at her. He's like, you're, I'm going to cut you so bad. <laughs> you're going to wish I don't cut you so bad. What's she looking at, bitch? Want to get cut? Want to get cut? The monkey, the drunk monkey oh on the God. roof with the knife. Still my favorite story of all time. So, so much better. We had a video to go with that, right? Yep. He was like stabbing the roof. <laughs> and then, of course, there's that video that made its made its rounds on like... um um. Oh, what was that? Vine? Or the crab with a knife in its paw? Oh, yeah. And a cigarette. Uh, it had a cigarette? Yeah, <laughs> a cigarette in the other one. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think if I... I maybe it might have been like... Maybe you wish it had a cigarette. But I was going to say it might have been like an edit that someone did or something. Uh, but Animals are crazy, man. Animals be crazy. <laughs> and they be getting knives. Bob says the squirrels need knives to protect themselves from the crows. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, anybody our age knows the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Correct. I do know that show. And, you know, it, it came back last year, did a whole season run on back on Nickelodeon, and now it sounds like it's going to have a new limited series. Have you noticed they don't use the, the word miniseries anymore? It's always a limited series now. Yeah, well, I mean... Is there a difference? Limited series, I always take to mean it runs like a full season. But it's only one. Um, miniseries, I always took to mean something that's like 
four or five episodes yeah. or something. Okay. Um, that's how I interpret it. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but... I don't know. Well, this one, it's going to be called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Colon, Curse of the Shadows. It's a six-part limited series premiering on Friday, February 12th. Uh, curse of the Shadows follows an all-new Midnight Society group of kids who learn of the terrifying curse cast over their small seaside town and are haunted by a mysterious creature known as the Shadow Man. Uh, in the just-released trailer, viewers are introduced to the new Midnight Society members and get a glimpse at the horrors that await them in the shadows. So here's the thing that I find interesting about this. It sounds like the Midnight Society themselves are actually in the story. Yeah, but watching the trailer, that was... Uh, it took me a minute to figure that out. Uh, at one point, one kid... like It looks like somebody gets taken by this shadow man and that the, the rest of the Midnight Society are trying to figure out where he went. Um, and it didn't click with me that this was... These were members of the Midnight Society toying around with this uh, until one of them said, oh, you know, so-and-so, he's the leader of the Midnight Society. He wouldn't just disappear. It's like, oh, okay, so they're actually in the story now. Yeah. Uh, for those of the, that don't know, the original series, and I, as far as I know, the first uh, season of the reboot, is just about kids sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories. So they, you know, they say, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, and they t tell their story, and they throw sand in the fire. And so it's all just them telling stories. They're not actually part of the stories. So it's an interesting little twist. Yeah. The twist gets twisted again. So twisty. Uh, the new members of the Midnight Society are Luke, played by Bryce Gessar uh, from The Astronauts and Wonder. Jay, played by Arjun Athalie. Hannah, played by Beatrice Kitsos from Child's Play. I assume that's the rebake. Uh, and iZombie. Gabby, played by Malia Baker from the Babysitter's Club. Seth, played by Dominic Mariche from the Christmas Yule blog and a gift to cherish. And Connor, played by Parker Queenan of Party of Five. I think the, the reboot. They rebooted Party of Five? Oh, you didn't know that? No. <laughs> oh, you never heard of them before? <laughs> yeah. What a great party of five. <laughs> That's my that's my Dev Campbell impression. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a, a, a freeform show. Uh, yeah, that fits. They rebooted it. It's like a Mexican family now. Hmm. I never watched it. Had no idea. I don't know if it's even still on. It, if it doesn't have Matthew Fox. I don't care. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, so yeah, like I Did said, you hear he's like a like an asshole. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, like um, the. The blonde guy that was on Lost with him, uh, he was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know what I'm so, talking about. Yeah, he played Sawyer in Lost. Okay, uh, he was the the black rider on Community. The what? The paintball episode. He was the black rider. He was. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, he would say like I was reading something that he doesn't like to be around Matthew Fox because he's like, like he. Uh, is shitty to women and just shitty to other people in general. And like, I don't know. I, it was a while ago that I read this, so I don't remember the, the details. But apparently, yeah, he's not not a great guy. Huh? It's funny because like if you look at those guys, like if you just judge them solely on their appearance, you would think that the Sawyer guy is the asshole. He just comes off so like you know rough around the edges, right? Yeah. See, 
No, no, not that guy. Oh, not that guy. Oh, who are you talking about then? Uh, fucking damn it. It seems like, I think his name's like Dominic something. Oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, Dominic, he, uh... He played a hobbit. Yeah. Okay. You, know, you, that know, guy. you know the guy. Okay. Dominic Monaghan. That's the one. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. I wouldn't look at him and think he's an asshole. No. I'd look at him and I'd like rub his hair. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Are, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Coming back February 12th. That's going to be at 8 p.m. Pacific. Now, I'm very taken aback by this trailer. Yeah, we were, we were texting about this. Because just recently, um, my wife was watching old episodes. My wife? My wife was watching old episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, like the original run. <clears throat> it was interesting watching back on that and seeing like these people that went on to be like you know, TV and movie stars. Well, yeah, like I know Alicia Cuthbert was in the M- Midnight Society. Yeah, and... Um, the girl who played Cher in the um, Clueless TV show. Was not, was a member of the Midnight Society? Oh, yeah. Rachel something? Yeah, and um, fuck, what's her name? Um, no, she was in Once Upon a Time. She played Ariel. That's the only thing I can like right away grab out of my my head. Um, Joanna Garcia, that's her name. Yeah. Oh, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Well, it wasn't always Swisher. Anyway, yeah, uh, her and um, oh, she was in Freaks and Geeks. Was she? Yeah, she played the girl that that uh, Bill had a crush on. Something Appleby. Oh. And she was also in Reba. <laughs> okay. Um. Sorry. Everyone can see you. I know. It's so embarrassing. I'm trying to remember somebody's name, and it's really embarrassing because we've met him in person. <laughs> Ray Wise. No, not him. Kaj Eric Erickson was in another episode. Oh. And it was funny because Isn't I... Isn't it Kai? Huh? I think it's pronounced Kai. Is it Kai? I don't know. Um, but it's funny because I was seeing him. I'm like, why does that guy look so familiar? Like, I, I know I've seen him in something. And then I looked him up. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I've met him. <laughs> anyway. Um, Tony's just... He's so famous that he just doesn't remember yeah. the other famous people he meets. <laughs> Uh, but it, yeah, just watching that just a few weeks ago, um, and it's just how fucking cornball it was. It's like we were, you know, um, entertained, uh, and I think probably occasionally actually a little scared by that as a kid. And now to look back at it now, it's just super cornball. Oh yeah. But this, this looks like it's like in a different world than what we watched as kids. Well, kids are so jaded these days. It's true. And granted, this is probably not going to actually scare anybody under the age of like ten, right? <laughs> um, but you know, the Shadow Man—he looks pretty sweet. <laughs> he looks like a Crypt TV monster. Oh yeah. Um, he looks like—I mean—he's got like a—he looks like he's like made of mud or like covered in mud, but he's got like a skull head with like uh, like branches sticking out of it, almost almost like antlers. It's just like, fuck, that's like way creepier than anything was ever in those old Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right. That's creepier than the guy who just had blue and yellow face paint and wore a jester outfit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, was it like the Grim Grinner or something? Something like that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this is like a different realm than the shit we watched as kids, which like, you know, for, for me to, to be able to watch that and, and like realize that what I saw as a kid was super corny and just like look at the stuff that's designed for people in the same age bracket and say, oh, that's much better than it was back then. <laughs> it's like, yeah, something has definitely changed. I mean, whether it be the kids are just jaded and they don't get scared anymore or what, but yeah, nowadays you guys got to up, up the, up the yeah, up the volume. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, the February the twelfth. Yep, I think I'll probably have to check that out myself because I'm pretty impressed with what I saw. Did so you far. watch any of the first season? I didn't. Me neither. I meant to, but I just I never I don't watch Nickelodeon ever. <laughs> yeah, it's not the, at the forefront. It's of not really mind. on my radar. Um. You know what pissed me off is like we were watching, like I said, watching the old Are You Afraid of the Dark on this Nickelodeon uh, Amazon channel. It's called Nick Hits. And, you know, they put these episodes of shows on, but they don't put the entire seasons. Mm. They put collections. Oh, that's super annoying. Yeah. And it's it's not even, it's, it's more annoying because they're not in chronological order. Oh, no. They're not in, uh, they're not necessarily from the same seasons. It's just all over the fucking place. I watched Rocco's Modern Life. It was the same thing. It was just like, like you know, characters that were introduced later on in the series. You see them, and then they back up, and like these characters, like Filbert. Filbert's like one of his best friends, and it's like you know, you see this episode with him in it, and then later on you see another episode where he's just like some background character because that's kind of how he started. Um, anyway, that's terrible. Yeah, don't get Nick hits. It's definitely not worth the money. More like Nick shits. I <laughs> got him. Okay. And end it there. <laughs> it's a good place to end. So how did shit turn into freaky Friday? But we got no choice but to turn this bitch sideways. I can't believe that it's freaky Friday. It's freaky Friday. You want to know how I know that uh, horror business was hard to come by for this episode? <laughs> this next story? This next story. <clears throat> so, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2. Uh, Happy Death Day was one movie that we were unfortunate enough to have to watch. I think, wasn't it a Patreon pick? It was a Patreon pick, yeah. Yeah. So, we were forced into watching it. Uh, we swore we wouldn't watch the second one. Yep. Still and, haven't. And Freaky... For those of you at home that don't know what Freaky is, it was a combination of Freaky Friday and a slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, really stupid because you have Vince Vaughn as a serial killer and then the girl from Supernatural was supposed to be the girl that f- switches with him. And it's just like... Um, it was like the, the hot chick. The hot, yeah. But um, about a slasher movie. Just... You just had Vince Vaughn like trying to be this vapid teenage girl, and that that was supposed to be where the comedy came from, as opposed to uh, Vince Vaughn just like being Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like it's kind of Vince Vaughn was, is one of those guys where he just plays himself in every single movie, and that's just like his gimmick, like Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson or Ben Stiller, just always the same guy in every movie, more or less, and they get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. 
It, do you think I could get paid to be me in no. movies? See? <laughs> Nobody wants to see you'd be you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jessica Roth, who is the star of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2, say that she would be absolutely into doing a crossover. Nope. Don't nobody want that. Nobody wants that. There's probably people that want that. We don't count them because they, their opinions are stupid. <laughs> nobody here wants that. <laughs> uh, there may be no actual connections between the two movies, but... Um, but they, they do have the same writer and director, Christopher Landon. Yeah, the same guy who uh, basically took the ideas from old movies and made them into shitty horror movies. Yeah, that seems to be his, his thing now. Like that's, he's like, I'm just going to take movies that already exist and give them a, <laughs> give them a twist. <laughs> Was he involved in Black twist. Christmas? I don't think so. Okay, because these are both Blumhouse movies. Now, long-time listeners know how we feel about Blumhouse. Uh, and like they basically just churn out stupid bubblegum shit like this. Uh, they took Black Christmas, which, you know, while I'm personally not a huge fan of it, like it's one of like these highly regarded horror films. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people say that it's like the true first slasher film. Um, it started the whole, you know, killer inside the house thing trope. Um, but, uh, yeah, like Blumhouse took Black Christmas. And made a completely different movie. Yeah, they made it like a revenge movie. It had absolutely nothing to do with the original plot. It had its name. Like like the name of the movie was the only thing that was similar. Um, anyway, so uh, Happy Death Day star Jessica Roth said that she said in a new interview with uh, The Hollywood Reporter that she'd be really into... Uh, crossing over for whatever reason she said i think it's totally the way to go because as you said uh catherine newton who's the star of freaky uh her character embodies so much strength power and twisted badassness in that role i was so lucky to get to see this on opening weekend and it has such fun wild performances from both catherine and vince so i agreed with you that it totally needs to be a showdown of tree versus millie and i and maybe Vince can make a cameo as a Scream Queen because he gave us Scream Queens gave us Scream Queens a run for our money. He did a really good job. I don't, I don't understand <clears throat> how you would even do that. Like it's just Millie killing Tree over and over again since every time Tree dies she comes back. But Cause also it, cause why? It's because it's, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> but why? What's the point? And how is that different from Happy Death Day? Sure. Yeah. You're just changing the killer. Yeah. And I mean, are they giving away the ending that she didn't switch back? I don't know. Not that I fucking care. Right. But... Oh, no. What? Oh, boy. Just got news, guys. That Sex in the City has officially been revived at HBO. Oh, I was looking at the other thing. Oh, no. No, that, that happens all the time. Oh. Um, you've seen Sex in the City at least once, right? I, I've, yeah, I've seen maybe like three episodes. Uh, it's just like the most fucking degenerate, vapid, stupid fucking show ever in creation. 
Um, and I don't, it keeps coming back. Like, I'm not going to get off on a tangent here, but Sex in the City, like, was what? Huh? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you. Sex in the City is so fucking tone deaf. It always has been. And yet they keep bringing it back. And the stars don't even like each other. <laughs> like, I think it's Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. They fucking hate each other. Really? And they're supposed to be like best friends on the show. <sighs> anyway, okay. So, um, yeah, what, what, what do you think, Taylor? Are you excited for a potential crossover here? For a freaky death day? Uh, no, you know, what's like fun- I said, I don't know how you write that story and make it compelling in any way, but here's the thing. They don't have to, yeah. they can just make a movie and people will see it. They like, they literally say, Hey, it's a crossover of these two movies. People go, Oh yeah, that's a thing I would want to see. I, I liked one of those movies. <laughs> I like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> or it's like, there's just people out there like, oh, I'll, I'll try it. Why not? Like, why are I'm very protective of my money. I don't like to spend it on bad stuff. Like occasionally I do just for mostly for the show for the show. Yeah. Like if there's a movie out there that I think has the potential of being bad, I won't watch it unless it's for the show. Yeah. Um, And even then we try to avoid it. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Most, most times when we, we get stuck watching shitty movies, it's because of our Patreons. <laughs> yeah, it's either a Patreon pick, uh, something we didn't know was going to be terrible, or something that we're like, well, everybody is fucking talking about this movie. I guess we have to watch it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just... I can't picture myself ever spending money on something like this. But there are people out there just like, oh, yeah, well, there's a movie. Might as well see it. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, do you just have so much dispensable time and money to just go see a movie just because? Some people do. Some, some people, like, that's just, that's how they kill time is they will just go and see a movie. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, you know what, Taylor? It must be fucking nice. It must be fucking nice. You know what they should do? Learn how to fucking drive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, seriously, though, fuck both, all three of these movies, all potentially four. You know, it's like they may have not even thought of this at first, but now that it's out there, Jason Blum's probably like, hmm. I like money. money. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You could make that for (laughs) $1,200. So, Dread, formerly known as Dread Central Presents, which is the production company uh, partnership between DreadCentral.com and Epic Pictures, has a new film coming out in February. It's called Sacrifice. Uh, It's inspired by a short story by Paul Kane called Men of the Cloth. It follows an American couple visiting a remote Norwegian island. (laughs) I'm a Swedish plum. (laughs) Visiting a remote Norwegian island who are drawn into a sinister cult that worships a sweet sea-dwelling deity. Now, if you're thinking, hey, that sounds almost Lovecraftian. Yeah, well, 
Look who's in it. <laughs> None other than Babs herself, Barbara Ann Crampton. I don't know if that's her middle name. <laughs> Let's go with it. It sounds like it should be. Barbara Ann, because it just... Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> that's where I got it, probably. That's definitely where you got it. <laughs> Uh, Barbara, she apparently has no middle name. Dude, you know what I saw yesterday? What? Your next is 10 years old. Boy. <laughs> Boy, howdy. <laughs> oh, bother. Uh, so more on the synopsis. Uh, New Yorker Isaac and his pregnant wife return to a remote Norwegian village of his birth to claim an unexpected inheritance. Here they find themselves caught in a nightmare as an ancient evil awakens to claim a birthright of its own. Does it sound a little bit like a movie we just watched? Uh, Cthulhu? No. A movie we just watched. Oh, for this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You mean one that uh, is based on a movie starring Barbara Crampton? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, Babs loves her Lovecraft. Apparently. I always thought it was uh, Jeffrey Combs. Combs, yeah. Or, you know, Stuart Gordon. But anyway, we'll get into that later on. Yeah. Uh, this one is not written by and directed by Stuart Gordon, unfortunately, RIP. Uh, written, written and directed by Andy Collier and Tor Meehan, which uh, that's, he's got to be Norwegian. Oh, Tor, Tor? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Sacrifices of Lovecraftian Horror, starring horror icon Barbara Crampton, Dag Sorley, Eric Yunden. Jack- oh, these are these are super Norwegian. Oh, names. yeah. These are very Nordic. Uh, Dag Sorley, Eric Yunden, Jack Christensen, Johanna Adedal, Ludovic Hughes, Lucas Lauren, and Sophie Stevens. I'm a Swedish player. <laughs> 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 cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> um, uh, Bob wants more fucking watered-down PG-13 horror movies for preteens. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. We've moved on to Sacrifice. We're talking about Sacrifice now. Uh, sacrifice opens... Don't get me fucking started, Bob. <laughs> um, sacrifice opens in select theaters on February 5th, or you can wait four days and watch it from the safety of your own home, own home and not get COVID. Probably wise. Or it comes out on Blu-ray on February 23rd. You know what's funny is, or not, not funny, but just interesting, is that these movies come out in theaters, like Wonder Woman came out in theaters and Disney Plus, I think on the same day. It was HBO Max, but yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Disney Plus. Yes, HBO Max is what I meant. Um, but yeah, just the fact that it's opening in theaters because... Here in Washington, their theaters are not open. Right, theaters are closed. Like, I don't think they have a choice. Um, but yeah, in other states, they clearly aren't. So it's just it's funny to hear, oh, this movie's coming to theaters. It's like, well, not here. It's not. <laughs> I tell you what, though, even pre-COVID, I was like, oh, it comes out on VOD the same day. Fuck yeah, I'm watching it at home. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not a theater experience kind of person. I am not. Like, uh, I'm not like a theater faithful guy. Like, I'm not like ride or die, go to the movies type of person. But after having not been able to go to a theater and see a movie in, you know, well, I guess it's probably been a year at this point. Uh, I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the last time I was in a theater, I think, was probably for the film festival. Oh, wow. So, I don't 
That might have been me too. I don't remember. Yeah, so while I'm not like, you know, the kind of guy that would just like want to see everything on the big screen, because it's like I have a big screen at home and it's a high, it's better definition too. But I miss the experience, I guess, because I haven't been able to do it in so long. I miss getting the popcorn and, you know, sitting kicking back in my luxury recliner. Spending twelve dollars on a soda. Yeah, that's you know that's all part of the experience, honey. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Like I said, theaters February fifth, on demand February 9th, Blu-ray February twenty third. Yeah, and it is on the schedule, guys. So look so forward to our review. Apparently, we're watching it. Okay, so not uh, a big story here, but um, for you uh, old school monster aficionados, uh, Universal Pictures <clears throat> is going to be uh, streaming for free the original Mon- Universal Monster films uh, on YouTube. Um, this is a limited run. Uh, they'll only be available for a week after their respective premieres. Um and yeah, it looks like it's it's pretty much the classics here. Like, um, I don't see anything notably missing except Black Lagoon. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's the only one that I would probably add to this list. I think. Um, but um, yeah, January fifteenth, which is in just uh, ten day or five days from now, so it's gonna be what this Friday. Friday. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so uh, January 15th at 8 p.m. GMT, which is Greenwich Mean Time, which means if you're on the West Coast, you subtract eight hours. So we're looking at like noon. Noon? Okay. <clears throat> um, Unless you're in Wee Britain. Unless you're in Wee Britain. Um. Uh, so on January fifteenth, yeah, uh, they will be premiering Dracula and the Mummy, and now that's of course Bela Lugosi Dracula and Boris Karloff Mummy, um, nineteen thirty one and thirty two respectively. Right, uh, January sixteenth, so that Saturday, uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, January seventeenth, uh. You'll be seeing, wow, okay, so three movies on the 17th, which is a Sunday. Who's going to have time to watch three movies on a Sunday? Unless you, like, wake up early. I don't know. Seahawks fans? Or not you're not going to be watching playoff football. Yeah, oh, well. <laughs> Honestly, I was so detached from this season that yeah, I didn't even know this was the wild card. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, that happened quickly. Um, okay, so January 17th, uh, we'll have The Invisible Man, The Wolf Man, and Abbott and, Coste- Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which I don't care what anybody says. That's one of the best Universal uh, <laughs> monster movies ever. Best crossover of our lifetime. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, 15th, 16th, 17th uh, is when those are going to be dropping. They all s- come out, like I said, at 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So, you know, fucking Google it, guys. Um, all on YouTube uh, for one week from their premiere date. So you technically have like 
two weekends to watch them. My only question is, aren't these all in the public domain? No. No? No, Universal owns all these. Oh, okay. So who who is dropping these? Is it Universal themselves? Um, you know, this. I feel like the story that this came from said which YouTube channel it was going to be on, but I think... Maybe like AMC or something? I think it's Universal itself through some other... Entity. Agency, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, just, it's a universal YouTube co-op thing, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm not doing anything else next week, I think I might check some of these out because the, like, like Dracula and the mummy and the original Frankenstein, I haven't seen that forever. Yeah. And you've got a week to watch them. So, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, look forward to that guys. Classic movies, full free. If you my blood, you gotta get a gotta bounce on the shady where you from. She says she from out of town. She won't ask me what I've been. Bitch, I've been here all along. She won't ask me how I fit on all the answer anymore. I think I got a Jordan pill, get out of here and go bro. Try to tell me something real, but I can tell you what's a fire. Yeah, tell me if it's real. So we're all waiting for uh Candyman, which of course is produced by Jordan Peel, directed by Nia DaCosta. Is that right? Right? Nia DaCosta? Is it just is it just Costa? That's that's what I'm wondering. Um but we also are waiting on Jordan Peele to actually direct another movie. Uh there's been talks it is of him. Da Costa. It is DaCosta. Okay. Um You know, his last movie was Us, and then he's just been kind of producing stuff and making the Twilight Zone series. Lovecraft and Country. Oh, he's producing that too, yeah. But, but you know, we're all eagerly waiting for him to actually make another movie instead mm-hmm. of just putting it under his monkey paw banner. Uh, there's rumors are that it's going to be July 22nd, 2022. And reportedly, he's in talks to reunite with Daniel Kaluuya, who, of course, played Christopher Washington in Get Out. Uh, Kaluuya, as well as Jesse Plemons, have been offered roles in the new film. Jesse Plemons is one of those guys who you would know him if you saw him. He kind of looks like a fat Matt Damon. Not fat. He's not fat, but like a, a fuller-faced Matt Damon. Oh, wait. The guy from... Um, he was... Well, I guess he didn't stick with Fargo. Never mind. He was in season two of Fargo. Uh, yeah, He's been in a lot of things. He was in um, um, uh, Breaking Bad. He was in Breaking Bad. A lot thinner. He got fat. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, now we don't know who these people are going to play, but we do know that one lead character is named Artie. Uh, he is a Latino or Native American man in his twenties to early thirties. So obviously not going to be either one of these two. Right. Uh, Artie is an LA native and works in the electronics department of a major retail store. S smart. If he's an LA native, it's probably more, uh, believable to make him Latin or Latino. <laughs> yeah. But they, it's probably just like an open casting call for either. Uh, Artie is described as a genuine, insightful... Well, not A. He's described as genuine, insightful, and, quote, clutch. Okay. <laughs> Another character is named Winston Clace. He is a supporting character, 55 to 70. So, again, probably not either one of these two uh, actors. Open ethnicity. Winston is a fine art photographer whose career-long obsession for perfection has led him to the edge of a dull and unsatisfying end to his career. 
He radiates succinct, weather-beaten insight of a lovably gruff, unwilling mentor. Winston is emotionally balanced, but his Achilles heel is his thinly veiled ego. Peel is also looking to fill the role of a male villain described as being in his 20s or 50s. That's weird. Like 20s or 50s? Yeah, not 20s, 250s. 20s or 50s. I mean, if it was 20s, 250s, I'd be like, Jordan, fucking call me. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen They Reach, but... (laughs) I kind of steal the show. Yeah, that's what he does. Everyone's like, man, that priest guy, he's going to be something. You know, who else was really good was that deputy. Yeah. The one with the mustache. The one who had to take a shit. (laughs) Oh, wait, you both had mustaches. Yeah. Only one of us had a real mustache, though. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand why they made his mustache look so bad. (laughs) I don't. I don't think it was intentional, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why he had to have a mustache, aside from just being a cop. But yeah, I think it's like it's like in Super Troopers, where like they all have to have mustaches. Oh, uh, um, fuck! What's his name? I think I've only met him once in person, so I don't remember his name. Um, the other cop, uh, Jason. That was the character's name. Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Jason Mewes. <laughs> no, 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 no. The the uh, the other deputy was with. Um, um, oh, Bart. Bart, thank you. Anyway, he didn't have a mustache. That's true. He had a goatee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, based on these character descriptions, I have no idea what this movie is about. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, this could be anything. Like, this could be an action movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I think we've already been told it's going to be a horror movie. I think... It, I, I think I got so much shit jumbling around my brain. I I could be way off on this, but I swear that Peel said he wanted to make like a genuine horror film because his first two movies are like, um, what was the term they used? Something thriller, cultural thriller. Uh, that sounds right. Something like that. But he said, social social thriller, thriller, I think is what it was, but he said he wants to make like a genuine horror film for his next movie. So yes, please, please. Yes. I mean, unless he's counting that as Candyman, I don't know. But that's not his movie. It's Nia DaCosta's Candyman. But, he, I mean, he produced it. Everyone's calling it Jordan Peele's Candyman. Even Jordan Peele himself is like, no, it's not my Candyman. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll put my name on it so people go see it, but it's not my movie. Yeah, I mean, that's how Hollywood works, guys. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate how fake Hollywood is, man. Seriously. Uh, but, no, I mean, like, there's so much shit out there with the producer's name on it just because that's... Who who you know? Remember when Hostel came out and it was Quentin Tarantino's Hostel? No, I don't remember that. I think oh, I think it was I think it was Eli Roth's Hostel produced by Quentin Tarantino. I don't remember that. And it was like because Eli Roth was nothing back then. You know, it's something that uh, I think I knew in the back of my head, but I didn't. It didn't occur to me till I watched the holiday movies that made us. Was that Nightmare Before Christmas was not directed by Tim Burton? You didn't know that. I think I somewhere in my brain I did, I think. But just like I'm a little better with that one being Tim Burton's Nightmare Focus because he wrote it. And it's all based on his ideas. He came up with all the the art and everything. So it's really his brainchild. The only thing he didn't do was direct the movie. Yeah. Um, but then like uh you know, like Wes Craven's name gets put on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyway. I wonder, I wonder if that 
new Scream movie is going to have Wes Craven's name on it somewhere. Because remember when we were talking about it and they just like mentioned Wes Craven in every other sentence? Now they were trying to what, preserve the legacy or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that was stupid. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, like I said, July 22nd, 2022. Hopefully we'll get more information relatively soon and we'll uh, we'll pass it on when we get it. Yeah, to make this a horror plot, though, I mean, they've got a lot to fill in because <laughs> this... This is really bare bones. I mean, these are these are really just casting calls, basically. Yeah. You know, character sheets, but... I want to hear more about this villain. What's his deal? Yeah, and the fact that, like, to think of a, a villain being in his 20s... Or 50s? Yeah, like... But, like, a villain to be in his 50s, I feel like that's more expected or commonplace... Yeah. ...rather than somebody's 20s. Like, you get some shitty little 21-year-old... Be like, hey man, I'm gonna fuck up your day. Like, sure you are, kid. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of here before I beat you with my shoe. <laughs> um. All right. Anyway, so that's horror business, guys. Yeah, we made it successfully, and right on, right on the nuts too. Right, right on the nuts. He says. Uh, yeah, right an hour. Okay, so um, from here. I think we'll take a short interlude to do our gift exchange. All right, guys. So as we tend to do every year on our Christmas episode, we do our our gift exchange. We don't occupy a lot of time with it. It's just... It's fun for us, so fuck you. <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so since our Christmas episode got fucked up, uh, we're going to do it now. Um, so I'm, I'm starting, I presume. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, so this is my, my gift from Taylor. Uh, this one first. Sure. Merchandise. First, we have a great pod- podcast beanie. So, so now I can advertise the show. Yep. While keeping your head warm. Which is also, which is always good because my head is bald. <laughs> it is, in fact. And this is the many faces of Jason. It is. Check this out. also is for you. Oh, right. That one. I'm not going to wear this now because it's already too warm in here. Okay. And now another box. Oh. Oh, man. 
I got my own board game. Escape from Tall Oaks. I assume it's not backwards on their end. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the new Mixtape Massacre game. And you said this is a, a completely separate game, right? Yeah, it's a standalone game. It, right. You can combine it with the original, but it, it also works totally standalone. Oh, man. We got a party. Hell yeah. Do you have this yourself? Or? I do, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to open it up and check out the pieces. <laughs> can I open mine while you do that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, pay attention to me. I'm going to point out this says to big shoots from Super Chief. <laughs> These should be breakaway here. So you there you go. Uh -huh. What, you think it's for you? She loves unwrapping presents. Remember, Tony said he went real stupid with it this year. <laughs> it's a box of Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese. <laughs> cheddar Goblin. And... Is this Nicolas Cage's signature? Yeah. <laughs> Has a signed photo of Nicolas Cage from Mandy. <laughs> it's going right next to my signed photo of Scott Bakula. <laughs> I just I didn't put it in the frame because I didn't know. Oh, okay. I was like, why is there a picture of an eagle? What the <laughs> fuck is this about? I don't get this joke. <laughs> That's it. Is there, okay. Thank you. <laughs> that is goofy. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. I had to get that from Canada. I, I almost got you a stuffed cheddar goblin. Really? <laughs> it's from, it's from Andy. Cheddar goblin. We are weird. You are weird. Correct. Get out. <laughs> All right. Now we are going to sign off from Patreon. Um, Thank you guys again for watching. Uh, we'll do this again in two weeks. What yep. do you say? See you there. It's a date. Now that Christmas is officially over, <laughs> uh, we'll continue on with our film reviews. All right, so this episode we're going to be covering two, well, brand new movies. They've each only been out a couple months, if that. I mean, so we're we're doing Castle Freak and Smiley Face Killers. I know Castle Freak just came out, like I think a few days ago, or no, like like a couple weeks ago. I think I don't know exactly how long. Yeah, because you wanted to do it last episode. I wanted to do it before Christmas. What does it say right there? December 4th. There you go. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to do it. I guess it was our Hanukkah episode. 
Mm. But couldn't do it because we were doing the Hanukkah episode. And then you couldn't do it because it was Christmas. Right. And Smiley Face Killers came out December 8th. So Okay. So yeah, just a few weeks old each. Uh, Cheese asked me, she was like, is there, what the, she said, what's the theme this week? And I said, oh, there's, there's no theme. I just picked two movies. And she goes, two movies with silly names. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Smiley Face Killers. a group of serial killers stalked California's coast. During this time, police recovered the remains of multiple young men along the shore. Devin, you home? He told me that he stopped taking his meds and stopped seeing his doctor. Is that? I don't know. Some freak's been sending me this stuff. You seem super stressed and bummed out lately. I'm fine. Karen, someone's been messing with my phone. Did you send these to yourself? He's going through some manic phase. Jake! Smiley Face Killers, written by one Brett Easton Ellis. Heard of him. Most famously known for writing the book uh, American Psycho, on which the movie was based. Correct. Uh, this one was not a book. It was just he wrote the screenplay. Uh, directed by Tim Hunter, who I'd, I'm not real familiar with. Not sure what his credits include, but uh, this is based on true events. Not necessarily a true story, but real things that happened. Yeah, there's... There's this kind of um, myth, like urban myth, about these killers who hunt young men. Young boys. <laughs> and, you know, the, their reasons behind it are kind of shrouded in mystery. Yeah, so basically what happened in real life is that there was a, a rash of uh, college-aged men coming up uh, drowned. And near most of the sites, there was graffiti of smiley faces. And so this led, led to the theory that it was a serial killer or serial killers who were committing all these crimes and drowning all these, all these people. These young boys. These young boys. Oh. Um, 
you know, the, the FBI says that it's it's bullshit, but I know there's at least like two uh, local bobbies who think that it's a, a legitimate <laughs> 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 who believe that 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 was the case, and they you know they're like made it their life's work to solve the case or whatever. But uh, anyways, in this one, uh, we kind of get three cold opens. We the the first one doesn't really fit at any point. I don't really know why it's here, but uh, you just see this farmer and he goes into his barn and all his animals have been slaughtered and and like splayed out, including his dog. So yeah. for those of you who are sensitive to that kind of thing, you do get that right off the bat. Yeah, and like probably even worse than that, I think is you know the dog is already dead. You don't see it die. Or, you know, being you don't killed. see it being killed. Yeah. What you do see being killed is a goat. Who yeah. is just, I mean, you know how goats scream. Just hearing that as this, I mean, obviously not really. Th- the throat is not actually being slit, but it's being presented that way. And just having this thing scream while it's happening, it's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, I may not stick around for this one. <laughs> then we cut to, I think it's October of 2016. October? Yes. That um, sounds right. In Santa Cruz, California, you see this guy walking to his car in a parking lot. This white van pulls up. Then all of a sudden, the white van pulls away, and the guy's no longer at his car. Cut again to it's 2017. I want to say maybe December. Actually, I think those might be flipped. It might have been, the first one might have been December. second one might have been October, but I'm not. It's really, not consequential. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you see this group of guys heading down the street, making their way to a bar or something. One guy's kind of straggling behind, talking on the phone. And next thing you know, this white van pulls up. Guy disappears. All his friends are just kind of like, wait, where's Billy? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> like only one guy noticed he was gone. and The rest just kept on their way. And even the guy that noticed he was gone, he was just like, huh. Guess he went home. <laughs> That's peculiar. <laughs> like if we were out somewhere... And, you know, Jensen just disappeared because you know it would be Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> or your cousin. Or or my cousin, yes. Um, would you just be like, oh, guess he went home? Yeah. Like, no, I would stop and be like, guys, hey, Jensen's <laughs> gone. Guys, we have to find Jensen. God only knows where Jensen <laughs> is and who he's harassing. <laughs> I, I'm like, I know, like, at my bachelor party, party you were, you know, probably as drunk as any of us, but like how you managed to keep us all wrangled together. Like I have no idea. <clears throat> it was a group effort. For sure. <laughs> was it? Okay. Yeah. So I was pretty sloshed. Well, yeah, you had to drink at every bar. <laughs> and by the end of the night, we didn't have much time left. So it was like shots. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever drank that fast before. Surprisingly, I wasn't that hung over the next day. That's good. That's, that was your good. birthday present from God. <laughs> God. Yeah, because I had to get married the day, like not not the day after, but the next day. Yep. <laughs> it was good to not have a th- two-day hangover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our movie then, you know, explains the scenarios that I explained above, that all these uh, these young boys were going missing and then being discovered, drowned, and that these smiley face graffitis were being found at the uh, the locations where the bodies were found. Right. So, you know, no real... Uh, Visual 
explanation of this. Just text on screen. That's what we get. Yep. Uh, we then follow this guy, Jack. Who Jack, right? Jack? No, Jake. Um, he's, he's Every guy in this movie looks the same, I swear to God. Yeah, they all got like the... Except for Rob, because he's blonde. It's the only difference. Yeah. We all got like a, the gelled, kind of spiky, almost flat top hair. and Yeah, and like the, all they all got chiseled and, jaws and... Um, like, you, you know, the 30 seconds that she sat down next to me when it was on, uh, was when Jake's roommate left and then Jake comes home mm-hmm. and she's like, I thought that was the same person. <laughs> but so Jake, he's an athlete. He's a soccer player at UNLV, which is weird because I thought this took place in California, but is Cal State. Oh, well, when he's leaving the soccer field, there's a big UNLV sticker on one of the containers behind Oh, you him. know, I saw that too. I don't know what that was about, but this is definitely Cal State, Santa Cruz. So. <laughs> oh, weird. Okay, yeah. I just saw the UNLV sticker, so I assume that's where he was going to school. Um, maybe it was filmed at UNLV and they just didn't fucking notice that. You know, it's a lot of branding to do for a low-budget film. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Jake is a soccer player. Uh, he's... I mean, reportedly very smart. We don't really ever get any kind of indication of that, but uh, he's got this girlfriend named Karen and he, uh, he goes to, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, You know, him and Karen go to fool around. He can't get it up because he's off his meds, which he's not on like blue chew or Viagra or anything. (laughs) He's on some, uh, uh, I, we, it was funny. It had a funny name, Nardil. I remember it was funny because it had Nard in it. <laughs> Nardil, Nard dog. Did you have, did you look that up? I didn't. I don't know if it's a real thing, but they never really explain why he's on it. He just has some generic uh, uh, mental health issue. Oh, okay. So it's an antidepressant. Okay. Um, I guess I, we're just supposed to know that. I can. As somebody who had had taken antidepressants in the past, uh, I can say that they can have effects like that. Okay. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> not only can you not get it up, you just don't want to. But he's off it, and that's why he can't get it up. And th- that's another thing. Is like once once you get on it and you get a stable dose and you're you know you're Your balanced kind of out, fluctuates. then it, you know things start bouncing back. It's when you fluctuate when you go when you stop taking it or you start taking it again your body and your your fucking brain just your literally your brain chemistry gets fucked up so it's that's what you know people that take antidepressants um and don't take it seriously or think they don't need them anymore they're doing themselves a lot of harm by by just, just cutting cold turkey yeah or you know saying oh well god you know maybe Maybe I shouldn't have stopped taking those. Maybe I should start taking it again. It's like, you can't do that. You have to consult your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, he's he used to be on this, apparently, antidepressant. Um, and now he's off it. He's he's having issues with, with Karen. Uh, so he heads home on his bike. Which, um, is, you know, which is unfortunate because Karen, she fine. Yeah. Um, 
but he he starts getting these weird messages. He goes to a, a party that night on the on the beach with Karen. And he starts getting these weird messages that say things like the water wants you and the water is waiting for you. And these, these weird photos keep getting sent to his phone. And he doesn't really tell anybody about it. He just kind of keeps it to himself. Yeah. But he, he clearly kind of, you know, freaks them out. Mm-hmm. And Karen's there talking to her ex-boyfriend, Rob. And that's when Jake is like, hey, I think we should go. And so she thinks that he's just jealous of Rob or mad at her for talking to Rob. But um, uh, this is one of those movies where like, there's not really a whole lot that you can talk about without giving stuff away. And there's not a lot of substance there's, to the movie, period. There's really not um, for, until like the last like 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> but uh, Jake starts getting stalked by this, this white van, and he doesn't really notice for a lot of it. Like at one point, he, the van is just following him while he's on his bike, and he's just like, "Just go by," and he just doesn't notice that it's the same van that's been following him for days. Yeah. But also, he he misses soccer practice because apparently the time on his phone got changed somehow. Yeah. And he wasn't getting messages from his best friend Adam, so he's figured someone hacked into his phone, and I'm still trying to figure out how you hack into someone's phone, change the time, and make it so they can only receive text messages from one number. Because he was still getting the text messages from this unknown number that was threatening him. Yeah, I have no idea. But apparently that's a thing that you can do in this world. <laughs> uh, and he's convinced that it's Rob. Because yeah, fuck Rob. Because, yeah, because Rob's a dick. Rob's trying to fuck his girl, man. And that's that's for sure. Like, the, he, you know, he sees these text messages from Rob to his girlfriend's phone. And uh, it, they're they're harmless but there's clear intention yeah he's like uh he's like well the, he's texting her asking her if she's coming to the party and then she's his like, party he's throwing the party yeah he's like i really want to see you and then he's like oh do you remember this and sends her a picture of the two of them yeah and it's like i mean yeah yeah like i said they're they're harmless they're not like outward um you know, it, they're flirtatious, but they're not like, hey, I want to get back together. I want to see you naked. I want to put it up on you. Yeah, anybody who's tried to get a booty call from an ex knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Jake clearly knows what he's doing. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, he starts getting defensive. And he starts, like, yelling at Karen about it. And she's just like, oh, well, you're off your meds. So you're acting crazy. And like there's, we've seen this in movies a hundred times where it's like, oh, this person's off their meds. So everything they're saying, nobody takes seriously, but he's not saying, Hey, there's a white van following me and I'm getting these threatening text messages. You know, I, that's not the part that people are like, oh, you're off your meds. You're crazy. It's just, Hey, don't text with your ex-boyfriend. Oh, you're crazy. Cause you're off your meds. Yeah. I take umbrage with this. Um, because like I said, there was a time in my life where I was on antidepressants, um, and it wasn't because I was delusional or seeing things or paranoid. It's because I had depression issues yeah. and anxiety issues and anger issues. I wasn't seeing things. They're making this making they're making people with depression in this seem as if they're psychotic. Yeah. Or, you know, have uh delusions. And it's like there may be people who are delusional, like 
or you know, like people with like bipolar diseases or something, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, like know, multiple personality schizophrenia or something. Yeah, you know, they may be on some kind of cocktail of like antipsychotics and antidepressants. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but <clears throat> or psychiatrist, but they're presenting this guy who, as far as we know, the information that's been given to us is that he is an, on antidepressants. And they're presenting him as if he has some psych, psych, psychosis, psychosis. delusion. Yeah, and that, I've, I kind of feel insulted by that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like he, the only thing he ever tells anybody is that someone is fucking with his phone. Right. He doesn't specify that he's getting these weird text messages. He doesn't ever specify what's happening with his phone. All he tells anyone is someone is fucking with my phone or Rob is fucking with my phone. And, uh, but yeah, we, as the, as the viewer, as this, you know, third eye in the sky, we know that there's clearly someone following him. They're in his room. They're messing with his clothes. Uh, they're like leaving maps of all the old killings right on his bed for him to see when he gets out of the shower. By the way, if you like Ronan Rubenstein and you want to see more of him, this is the movie for you because he is a lot of naked in this. There's a lot. Like... There was a lot of like, <clears throat> there's a lot of dudes wearing l- very little clothing in this. Yeah, um, <clears throat> if I, you, I did not know Brett Easton Ellis was gay until today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then I kind of thought back on all the old movies of his that I've seen. I'm like, oh, this is that putting a lot of dots together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even just American Psycho, like just Christian Bale naked doing push-ups a lot and stuff. Like, well, I mean, if, have you read any of his books? I've read American Psycho. Okay. Well, I mean. It uh, it's not super apparent in American Psycho, but if you read like a, a lot of his books, there's a lot of like just homosexuality in it mm. or in them. Um, it's kind of a recurring theme, uh, and like f- you know what's funny is he wrote this book called uh, um, Luna Park, no Lunar Park, um, and uh, it's it's a uh, um, fictional version of himself okay um in 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 this story he's married and has kids married to a woman and so like this was back when i was just kind of starting getting into his books and knowing who he was and so like i was kind of thinking i was just uh, at this point i was just had this assumption that he was gay just based on what i'd read about him or read you know his works and what i had read about him um and but then I read this book where it's saying that he's married to a woman and he has, you know, a son. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't get it. But then it's like, okay, so this is all just fictional, including him being married to a woman. So anyway. Anyway, yeah, like if this is the uh, the male equivalent of the gratuitous nudity in a slasher movie. Yeah. This is, I mean. Nobody hangs any dong. Slight spoiler here. Imagine your agent brings you this script and says, hey. I want you to take a look at this. I think this would be a good role for you. And you're flipping through, you're flipping through, and then it's like, oh, he wakes up naked except for electrical tape all over his penis. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I don't think this is for me. Um, I don't understand that. It's like, was that for modesty? 
Or is it like <laughs> ceremonial somehow? I don't know. Because it's not like I want to see some guy swinging dick, but like at the same time, just like, why is that there? That's out of place. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like anything happens with it. Like they need it for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah, he's also like t- taking showers and there's there's a lot of naked uh, Ronan Rubenstein in this movie. Yeah. And now that I know that it's Brett Easton Ellis, which I didn't, like I, I must have missed that credit or something. But uh, like it makes more sense now. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we do get to see these hooded kind of cult figures uh, led by Crispin Glover f- for, for some reason, maybe a collective 45 seconds in this movie. <laughs> I mean, you got to assume he's in it for more than that, but you only see his face. Yeah, true. For however long. Um, and he doesn't speak. He's like deformed. Like he, one, It almost looks like he had a stroke or something. Like one half of his face is kind of droopy. Yeah. No real explanation of, of why. But yeah, we see these hooded figures. We don't really know because there's multiple of them. So you don't really know which one it is at times. You just see their face is shrouded by the hood. Yeah. Um. yeah there's not a lot happens until the last 20 minutes of the movie or so but obviously I don't want to give away the ending so that's kind of where I'm going to leave it man I wanted to turn this off so bad I don't blame you like I was think 20 minutes into the movie and I'm like nothing has happened like there was a point like there was I think it was like 12 minutes into the movie before there was any like relevant dialogue. <laughs> 12 minutes. Yeah. It's a lot of the movie is just kind of this like teenage drama. Yeah. About like college students and drugs and yeah. And it's like interpersonal if, relationships. If this wasn't supposed to be like a, you know, a serial killer movie, if it was supposed to be something like, you know, We'll just stick with Brett Easton Ellis. If it was supposed to be something along the lines of like less than zero or something, then I definitely would have been a little more patient, I guess, because I would have expected that. Yeah. But this is supposed to be not necessarily slasher, but like a serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I'm sitting here waiting for somebody to fucking just say a word. <laughs> 12 minutes, guys. <laughs> and like, it, I mean, at this point, we're, we've got probably close to 10 minutes of Jake just standing in places, looking at his phone, looking, you know, riding his bike. Yeah. Looking, uh, you know, introspectively, you know, off into the distance. It's like, K, <laughs> we're, are we going somewhere with this? But it's just, it was so fucking slow. And like, I have so little patience for that kind of shit. Yeah, and it's he he is so oblivious to these people that are following him. Yeah. And it, like so much of the stuff that these characters do in this movie is so unrealistic mm-hmm. and just so unbelievable. Um and not just the characters like maybe this is a spoiler too, but honestly, you guys don't watch this movie. Um <laughs> there's a spoiler. Don't watch this. <laughs> Tony and I were texting about this. There's a scene where they stop at a gas station. Uh Jake runs into this gas station, naked, covered in blood, says, hey, I need help. And the guy at the counter pulls a gun on him. Yeah. 
Uh, because the naked guy covered in blood is probably the threat. Right. Yeah, where's he hiding a weapon? But his hands were duct taped in front of him, too. Yeah. But the cult members come in and they shoot the clerk. And then this other group of kids shows up. The guy walks in, sees the dead clerk, and is like, we got to go. So they get in their bends and they take off. And so the cultists get in their van. They're like, you know, big, heavy-duty 12-passenger van. Yeah, it's in a conno line. Yeah. They get in that and they chase down this Benz. They chase down a Mercedes Benz in this full-sized van and ram them off the road. No fucking way. And like I was telling you, like, the scene is written for you right there. Like, the Mercedes had to take off before they were able to pump their gas. Make them run out of gas. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, it's like this Mercedes, it's not like a sports coupe. So it's not going to like, you know, be flying down the Audubon or something. Uh, it's it's just like, it's like a, a regular, I don't know, luxury sedan is really the word, but it's just a sedan. It's a four-door car. Um, but let me tell you, a Mercedes SUV could outrun a fucking Ford Econoline. Right. <laughs> Like I think an Econoline's top speed is like seventy five. Like yeah, if that, if that, and and this one's full of people. I had a Ford Aerostar. It was my first car. I remember that car. Yeah, <laughs> and that thing probably weighs like maybe about half as much as an Econoline does, and I could not go any faster than like seventy seventy five <laughs> in that with just me in the car. Right. So, no fucking way. Yeah. And like I said, what annoyed me so much is that there was such an easy storyline there that you could have used to just have them run out of gas and then that's why the van catches up and takes care of them. But no, you had to have this van that could not only catch them, but could ram them from behind, get next to them side by side and run them off the road. Yeah. Just so unrealistic. And like I said, like Jake is so oblivious to these people that are following him, going in his room, laying his clothes out on his bed, leaving him maps. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, Devin. Yeah. Like, hold on. <laughs> it's like if I, if I were Karen, I'd be like, wait, what is this map? What the fuck is that? Yeah. And even if, like, if, if you and I were roommates and, you know, cheese came over and I was just like, Oh, Tony. And she was like, why did Tony leave you a map with smiley faces all over it? And why did he lay your clothes out for you? Right. I wouldn't be just like, oh, that Tony, he's such a goof. I'd be like, that's fucking weird, right? (laughs) Like, should I talk to him? (laughs) I mean, I don't want him coming into my room. Let alone going through my shit. (laughs) Laying out out my clothes like he's my fucking mom. Right. I think you'd look really nice in this. Fuck you, Tony. This is a really sharp outfit, Taylor. <laughs> Get out of my room, Devin. <laughs> also, Devin's a prick, so why would he even do that? Also, Devin wasn't home yeah. for like four days. Doesn't like, because I, I think at least twice in the movie, like we have Devin on the phone talking to someone about what a fucking pain in the ass roommate uh, Jake is. Yeah. Uh, and how it's like gradually getting worse. Yeah, having him as a roommate. So you know what I think would be nice if I just laid out an outfit for yeah, him. Maybe that'll brighten his day. <laughs> also, there's a part where Karen leaves her phone at Devin's house, and then she calls it, and Devin answers, goes, "Hello, yeah, you left your phone here. Yeah, I just fucking called it." <laughs> 
Also, another thing about that, like, when have you ever seen a woman in her early 20s without her phone like this? <laughs> when? I tell you, never. Doesn't happen. Yep. <laughs> so no fucking way does she leave that behind. Um, yeah. yeah, and then on top of that, like I said, he, he keeps... Apparently, someone hacked his phone and made it so only one number can get texts through and also changed the time. Got him. <laughs> that's so fucking random and weird. Yeah, that's like like a fucking prank that like a 12-year-old would do. It's like, I'm going to change the clock on his phone. He'll be late for soccer practice. <laughs> That'll show him. I mean, you know. but not, I, But it's not even a prank. It's this weird cult doing it. To what end? Yeah, and you know, again, this could be them trying to play into his paranoia or his delusions. But again, I find that like personally insulting. Yeah, and everybody else who's ever suffered with depression issues should should as well. And not not just depression, but people with you know psychotic issues, psychotic psychological issues of any kind should find that insulting. Um, but you know, just because, yeah, sorry, I, I don't want to harp on this, but like, just because you have like psych, um, psychological issues or, you know, um, needs does not make you fucking delusional or sick. <laughs> right. And like this movie is, it projects it that way. And in, you know, making this guy thinking, think he's, uh, delusional or making other people, th- other people think that he's delusional. Um, because he he's has depression. Meds. Yeah, you know the the biggest mistake this guy does is like he goes off his meds and then he starts doing. Well, actually, he doesn't even because they have blow at one point and ecstasy. But that, I don't sorry, think he does not it. blow ecstasy. Yeah, I guess he doesn't actually do it. But he was drinking, so. which which is not a good. And like, idea. yeah, they they mention him having like issues in the past because when when he sh- I guess he does show Karen the text at one point and she's just like are you sure you didn't send this to yourself like you did with that email when you were wasted right which again just like oh let me just exposition this explanation here yeah <clears throat> um yeah i don't know this what it, this whole thing really boils down to is just movie is just not interesting it's so boring from beginning to end I wouldn't say beginning to end, but I would say beginning to the, like the last 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. If the last 15 minutes or so were a short film, it might be kind of cool. suppose. It's, it's graphic. It gets bloody. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think those, those are the shining points, which sounds weird, but like the parts where people are like getting their heads split open with hammers. That's, that's like the, the interesting part. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it is just so much fucking like looking off into the distance and you know little talks and arguments between characters that are just like what 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 and just exposition after exposition yeah it's like in movies show don't tell especially when you present yourself again as like a serial killer movie yeah <laughs> like we just see the serial killers like stalking off in the shadows and it's like are you going to do anything besides laying out a nice outfit for Jake to wear yeah <laughs> there's this one point where um so it, it, Devin comes home, and he wants to talk to Jake. Jake's not home. And, like, we see this hooded figure, which is Crispin Glover, standing behind him in his bedroom. In Devin's. 
Yeah. yeah. Devin's in Jake's bedroom, which is across the hall from, from his own bedroom. And we see this hooded figure standing in his bedroom. Uh, and it's like at that point, it's like, okay, so here here's where things are going to get good. And for a brief shining moment, it does. But then it's back to the same old fucking boring shit. Jake riding his bicycle around or fucking bitching at Karen. It's like, oh my God, I don't care. Or he goes and gets in a fight with Rob. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with the story. It's just him arguing with Rob over Karen. Yeah. And he goes to his house. Like I said, it's, these, it's these, this like WB show into a, made into a movie. It's, it's like fucking One Tree Hill or something. <laughs> and it's fucking boring, guys. My God. Like, I'm so disappointed that this is uh, Ellis or Easton Ellis doing this. And I mean, Curse of Downers Grove wasn't very good either. I don't remember that one. No, oh, we watched it on the show. Did we? Yeah. I think, I, I think Easton Ellis just, I don't think uh, screenplays are his forte. I think he's just better off as an author, as a book author. It could be. Oh, this one. Yeah, it wasn't even a horror. Yeah. Which was maybe my mistake, but... Well, it says right there, horror thriller, so... That's true. Lies. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This movie was just a big... Yeah, like, I mean, me. you know, like I said, I think the last 15 to 20 minutes were, were engaging, but it's just... At that point, I was so just spent. I just didn't... I didn't care about Jake. I didn't care what happened to him. Yeah, I don't. I never did at and any it, point. It wasn't like anything. Like the the cult. There clear. There were clearly uh, reasons behind the cult doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Those reasons were never made clear to the audience. Right. And I don't know. Like that was probably the point was for them to be just like shrouded in mystery. I mean, if, they, they if kept, that was the point, then don't give them motivation. They kept saying, "I couldn't. I couldn't make out what they were saying." He like. He's like, why are you doing this? Say so you are you are something. Galil. What is it? No idea. Okay. I've already Googled it. There's there's nothing. There's no no? No. Um yeah, like they send him this picture of like a crescent moon pattern. Um that like later he Googles water and religion, and that picture comes up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all we get. Yeah. He doesn't like read something that explains it. It's just like, oh. Here's a picture that has to do with water and religion. So that's that's their motivation. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, with all this shit, it's like I was kind of thinking like maybe it would launch it into something like like Lovecraftian. Which is I hate <laughs> the term. Um but And you're like, oh, we got a tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> um I love when we have accidental tie-ins. Right. Uh but yeah, that never happens. Um, or you know, at least not explicitly. Um I don't know. This movie is just a fucking snooze. I wanted to turn it off the entire time. Like I was at like an hour. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, by the time it gets good, I, I was just so checked out. I just didn't care what happened to Jake. And I didn't care who these cult people were because they didn't explain who they were to me. Um, and like I said, if you're going to show me that they have motivations then explain to me what the motivations are. Yeah. Yeah, and I must have been in a lot of like visible distress watching this because Kristen, like I was watching on my laptop and Kristen looked over me. She's like, is it that bad? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not great. Anyway. Um, 
Oh, you know, I said this was the Cal State Santa Cruz, which, no, like, when I said it, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't think there's a Santa Cruz for Cal State, but it, this was all filmed in L.A., so this was oh, just Cal State. LA. So why was there a UNLV sticker? Maybe they were a visiting team. I don't know. But it, it was on, like, a shipping container. I don't know. I don't have the explanation for you. <laughs> anyway. Anything else? I don't think so. I think I've said my piece. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a well-made movie. It's I, I, Jake's not a very good actor, in my opinion, but... Um, on something. Uh, oh, uh, uh, 911 uh, t- Texas or... Dallas. Dallas. Is it Dallas? I think it's Dallas, yeah. He's on that. He's Rob Lowe's son. And I like I hadn't watched that show very much, but I recognized it. He so was in another movie that we did on the show, I think, too. Was he? I think so. Uh... <laughs> oh, he's in CC's music video for Broke AF. <laughs> I don't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Some Kind of Hate, which was also a doo-doo movie. Was one about the ghost who cut herself? Oh God! Yep, that was real bad. Okay, um, I, I give this a three. Uh, yeah, um, like cinematography and uh, some of the acting, and like I said, the last fifteen minutes there's gore and violence and stuff but cgi squibs yeah if you're gonna take the time to make somebody's face look like hamburger why are you you wasting your time with cgi squibs yeah put a fucking plastic bag full of blood in there and just hit it with a hammer right (laughs) yeah you already had crispin glover like swinging downwards with his hammer just i don't know not complicated i don't know why anybody does anything anymore (laughs) fuck my life (laughs) but yeah i'm gonna give it a three as well all right. You know, I paid for this too, which is all the yeah. more upsetting. Although, bonus was I had Google Play credit. Uh, so it only cost me like a dollar. Plus, there was a Google Play promotion where you get six play points per dollar. So I got 36 play points. Oh, damn. All right, next up is uh, the new Fangoria joint, which is the remake of the 19, like 1995 Stuart Gordon film, uh, Castle Freak. Hey, how long till we get there, man? Just a few more miles. I've never seen anything like this. Welcome to Waitley Castle. This was my mother's house? Yes. Our castle is yours, so do it as you wish. Life here can really be surprising in ways you cannot imagine. This is a Necronomicon. It dates back to the Middle Ages. Listen to this. There's monstrous creatures who once ruled over the Earth. There's a prophecy that the old ones will return to this world and cast it into eternal darkness. Do you hear that? Hear what? 
There's someone living in the walls of this castle. What the hell? The mirrors are all broken. Whatever's hiding in the walls, I think it lives here. That castle is filled with evil. And now, all hope is lost. Castle Freak, Castle Freak, she's Castle Freaky. Yep, that's the theme song. Sure is. <laughs> Movie opens with that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so um, again, this is a remake of a film that was made in 1995. Uh, it was directed by Stuart Gordon as a full moon uh, picture. Um, starred Barbara Crampton and... Um, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Why do I keep forgetting his name? <laughs> uh, maybe it's because he... God, no wonder you didn't want to talk to us at Cryptocanny. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I keep forgetting him, because he <laughs> fucking stonewalled us. Um, <laughs> he's stonewalling me, dude. <laughs> um, anyway, so this, uh, again, was... I mean, it was made in conjunction with Full Moon, because they obviously own the rights, Made in conjunction with Fangoria, um, damn it. but uh, notably produced by Barbara Cramp- Crampton. Crampton, okay, <laughs> you know, Babs Crampton. <laughs> she does not star in the movie, which I thought was weird. I thought she, I thought she was gonna have a cameo, yeah. yeah, but no, it never happened. Um, but uh, this movie is pretty drastically different. Than the original. Um, okay, I thought it was, but I don't remember the original at all. Okay, I mean, I've... So, I've seen it as most... More as... I've seen it as recently as you have. Because we... The last time I watched it was when we did it for the show. We never did it for the show. What? Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. I could swear we did. I don't think so. I think we did Bloodstone. We did Bloodstone. I don't think we ever did Castle Freak. Really? Look it up while I talk. Because I could swear we did it. Anyway, so, but I mean, for for those of you that have seen the original, this one is pretty different um, story-wise. I mean, it has the baseline of an American moving into a castle in a foreign country. Um, But that's Kind of where the similarities... Well, I mean, and there's a castle freak. <laughs> but that's kind of where the similarities end. Um, you know, in the original, we have the uh, this family um, who uh, the, the the father of the family inherits this castle from a, from a uh, distant relative. In this, uh, our main character, uh, Rebecca, or Bex, uh, inherits it from her mother, her, and what? We never did Castle Freak. 
That's so weird. I could swear we did. Mandela effect. Man. Anyway. So, okay. So, yeah, we have um, Rebecca, or Bex, uh, an American girl living in an American world. Um, Raised on promises. Right. <laughs> she, um, this is, starts in Massachusetts, presumably, but it's all filmed in Albania. Um, not too, not too far off from uh, full moon movies. But um, she's at a party with her boyfriend, uh, John. John. Jan. There's another woman, John. <laughs> um, and he's getting fucking hammered. After she catches him flirting with another girl. You hammered, Wayne? <laughs> Fuck, I'm hammered. What's that? What's that? <laughs> He's hammered. Fuck, I'm hammered. Shouldn't have driven here. You didn't drive here. Holy fuck. <laughs> Look at this big cat. Okay. <laughs> Such a good episode. Fuck, I'm surprised we're not having eight beers right now. Why would you want to drink eight beerses? Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So Bex catches John flirting with another girl, or rather, another girl flirting with him. Um, and Shelly, 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 Shelly. Um, she. Uh, so they hang out at this party for a while. We kind of meet the 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 cast of characters. Yeah, they're they're pretty inconsequential um except for one the smart guy the professor yeah they call him professor he's not a professor but they they are all students well no not all i guess just just him just him a student at miskatonic university so already we are looping in this uh connection to uh lovecraft that we didn't have in the original the original was loosely based on a lovecraft story but was pretty far off to the point where like the connection was not even made. Um, but that kind of starts pulling it back into the Lovecraft world. Um, but yeah, they call him a professor just cause he's a fucking know-it-all, I guess. Um, they, they're talking about like shadow governments and lizard, lizard people. people. <laughs> um, and eventually Bex is just like, all right, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, and so they, she kind of helps John stumble out to his car. And I found it weird that she didn't even attempt to get in the driver's seat. Nope. She just kind of relinquished control yep. to him. He's uh, clearly, just clearly out of it. Yeah, this guy's been doing fucking lines and just drinking all night. He is so fucking hammered that he can't even stand up. I'm surprised that he managed to get the keys in the ignition. <laughs> um, but he fires up the car and they take off. And he's driving up this windy road, which I can say from experience in my younger, dumber years. Remember that time we went to a Halloween party and I left you there and I went home and I shouldn't have gone home? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, well, that happened. And I went home and I came back and got you the next morning. Um, Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I, I should not have driven. Like, like to this day, it's like a low point in my life. I'm like, fuck, what was I thinking? Or wasn't, anyway. 
But yeah, I drove up this fucking windy, like death-defying street to get to my house. And I'm like, how the fuck did I do that drunk? <sighs> anyway. <clears throat> Don't drink and drive, kids. No, it's... Anyway, uh, so yeah, he's driving this windy road, and he's just picking up speed. Like, he's just got his pedal to the metal, as the kids say. <laughs> they do say that. <laughs> and uh, I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> and uh, he takes this corner too fast, whips into oncoming traffic with another car coming down the road, uh, and they go off a cliff. And um, they basically go nose first into the street below um he's fine which is usually the case when people are in drunk driving accidents uh, but she crawled her way out to the street where she's bleeding from the face and screaming that she can't see so there's the kind of like the tie into the original in that i can't remember the family's name but the the daughter of the family in the original movie was blind mm. so now bex is is blind and that's kind of the tenuous connection. Um, so we jump ahead to an, an undetermined amount of time, you know, because she, she's now blind. Her eyes are kind of, you know, clouded over and she's got healed scars on her face. Um, and, uh, they're in a taxi in Albania driving to a castle, which, Apparently, and we get this exposition very early on in the movie that Bex was adopted. She didn't know her mother, but her mother was this recluse living in this castle in Albania that gave her up for adoption basically right after birth. Um, and so she's the only living heir, so she's entitled to the castle. So that, that's where they're headed. They meet up with the, the realtor, Lawyer, I, I don't know. He kind of is a jack of all trades. Yeah, he's just like, hey, I'm here to settle the affairs. Like, oh, okay, well, I trust you then. <laughs> yeah, I guess he must just be like the executor. Yeah, uh, Marcos. Um, it's this is it's Marku, M A R K U. Oh, maybe I was hearing it wrong then. I I just I heard Marco. Okay, maybe it's Marco then, or Marco. Maybe we were just hearing it wrong, I guess. I, yeah, I never heard Marco. I heard Marco, but maybe... I mean, it, it could be maybe his name was Marco, and they called him Marco because they're dumb Americans. <laughs> maybe. Um, his name was Mark? Uh, anyway, so, yeah, they, they get up to this castle, and, you know, obviously, Bex is blind, um, so she's having John, who she's apparently still with. I feel like if the guy that almost got me killed and blinded me, um, I'd probably not talk to him again. Yeah, I would think. But he, on the surface at least, seems like he's kind of turned a corner. He's kind of become like her, her care caretaker almost. Yeah, sounds like he's clean. Yeah. Um, which very quickly shows to not be the case. Yeah. But, um, but they get up to the castle, and Marco, Marco, whatever his name is, is showing them around. And, you know, John is just kind of saying, oh, man, I wish you could see this. It's like, yeah, thanks, asshole. <laughs> I wish I could see it, too. You know, I could have if it wasn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just kind of just explaining to her the, the, the glory of this castle. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and Marco, Marco, I'm just gonna say Marco um, is, you know, just explaining. You know, your mother was very, uh, uh, very much a hermit, kept to herself. Um, I think you said that there wasn't power up here for a long time, and there was no phone line. Um, and, uh, yeah. Anyway, so basically the whole plan is that they're, they're there to kind of, um, handle the, the transition of the estate, uh, to take control of the, the castle. Um, they're going to have people come by or their, their friends from the States are going to come into town to help them move the furniture out to get it sold. Uh, and then they're going to sell the castle. Like they have no interest in keeping it. They're just selling it. Um, but basically from, from the get go, when Rebecca gets into this castle, she starts having these visions, um, visions of her mother, um, who was like, she gets visions of her, like, uh, self-flagellating, um, and visions of this, these kind of shrouded shadowy characters, you know, doing some kind of like cultish ritual that, and just like little glimpses, the things that she can't explain. Which we, as the viewer know that her mom died from self-flagellation at this point. Well, not exactly because she was self-flagellating, but then it jumps ahead and then she's dead. Well, wasn't this after Marco told, um, John that she died of self-flagellation? You're right. Okay. Yeah, that is. And at this true. point, she's not really having visions. It's just dreams. It's so true. Visions come later. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so she's, yeah. Having, Which, I mean, like, jumping in here with my thoughts, uh, I hate that as a storytelling mechanism. Dreams? When Well, when people just, like, randomly start having dreams and visions. Yeah. You know, I, I was having a hard time kind of rationalizing it because this is so far out from the original movie. Like, there wasn't this element in the original. Yeah. So I was like kind of trying to reconcile it. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with the story? And it does take pretty much until almost the end of the movie to really kind of explain what this shit is about. Yeah. Um, but it's not super distracting. It's not it's not like um it's it's not like smiley face killers where you've got these these pe- these serial killers you know, out picking up young boys and killing them for some purpose that's never explained. It does get there eventually. Yeah. Um, so kind of give it a pass, I guess. But um, anyway, so she is she, so she's having these dreams, having these visions, um, kind of connecting posthumously f- with her mother through, through these visions. And... Um, all the while, inside the walls of this castle is a is a freak. <laughs> Some and we call her a freak because she loves watching people get down. She does. Like every time someone gets naked or has sex in this movie, there's that freak. And you know something I didn't even realize until about three quarters of the way through the movie was that it is a female. Right. Yeah, I didn't. Either. In the original, it is it's a male. The, the the freak is a male, but in this it's it's a it's a woman. 
um, or, you know, what's left of one. <clears throat> but deformed, uh, like just extremely grotesque, all wrapped up in bandages. Giant vagina. Yeah, which <laughs> was just on full display later on. Yep. Could fucking lose an arm in that thing. It, like, goes up to her belly button, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, the makeup itself is very similar to the original Castle Freak. I don't know if that was intentional or just an homage or, or, or what, but, um, anyway, so Bex is like, she's becoming increasingly more convinced that something is in the walls. There's something in the castle with them. John just like, you're, you're, you're being crazy. There's nothing here. It's just us. Um, and this is kind of where his true colors are really starting to shine through and that he just wants to sell the castle castle and get the money. Because he keeps saying, you know, we can sell the castle and we'll never have to worry about money again. Yeah. It's like it's all becoming, you know, we, we, we. And then throughout the movie, it's progressing towards me. <laughs> like it, like he starts saying that, like, this is my castle, that kind of thing. And also, you know, when he tells... Bex that the, the the crew from home are coming to help. He says, "You know, I can't I can't do that life anymore. I don't I don't want them here." He says, "I already made them promise. There's going to be no booze, no drugs, nothing. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be just us." Which is of course not the case cuz fucking dude smuggles coke over <laughs> over the across the country. Yeah, with fucking assuming a a balloon in his ass. Um, not even assuming he says it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't say specifically how he did it, or well, he said it was up his ass. Yeah. But if it was like a balloon or a condom or something, oh, I don't well, know. yeah. If you want to be pedantic, <laughs> not really. I don't, I don't want to discuss it that much. But also, Shelly <laughs> shows up, who uh, Bex was not foretold of. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I mean. Bex is just trying to kind of come to grips with these visions, trying to make sense of them. Um, and, you know, all the people in the village are very wary of talking to them. Like anybody, any of these Americans, um, you know, they say that they make deals with the devil and they're cursed and this the and ca- that. The castle is evil. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and Marcos, he's, he seems like he's hiding something or, you know, not being completely forthcoming with them um and uh yeah and then of course we have the the castle freak in in the walls that are that seems to be protecting bex because at one point she bumps into this statue of 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 cthulhu Cthulhu, which is another thing it's like you're really looping this lovecraftian stuff in and I don't get it. Like, how's this playing into the story? Well, yeah, they find a Necronomicon in right. the castle. And then, you know, when the professor shows up, he starts telling them all about these old ones and Cthulhu and Margakala uh, and all these other yeah, weird... Yeah, Yogg-Sothoth. Yeah. Um, and uh, you just got to pronounce every Lovecraftian god like you got a lump in your throat. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's like... <laughs> yeah, it's just like too many consonants all in a row. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, and yeah, basically this castle freak seems to be protecting Bex, but attacking anybody else. So, you know, sees anybody else as a threat. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it, it all kind of 
progresses to to an end that is wildly different than the original. Um, not not necessarily a bad thing, just very very different. Have you, have you seen the original? Uh, once, once, okay, long ago. Um, yeah, I said you know the last time we saw it was when we did it for the show, but apparently that never happened. <laughs> so I know I've seen it semi recently, so I must have just watched it on my own. Um. Anyway. I, th- I think that's probably where I'll leave it without you know kind of giving away the ending or too much too much of the story. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? It's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I hated the professor. I hated him. He's a little obnoxious. I couldn't. I like. I couldn't tell if he was a bad actor or if he if the character was supposed to be like robotic. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um. A little bit of a spoiler. I won't give away too much, but you do, you know, throughout the movie, they call him the professor. They never say his real name. And you do actually find out that, like, at the stinger that's in the, like, midway through the credits, they do reveal that he is actually a character from another Lovecraft tale. Um, and uh, that, that's all I'll say about that. So watch the stinger. Make sure you watch through the credits. Yeah. Not all the way through the credits. There's only one stinger. Just watch it and then turn it off. <laughs> um, Unless you really like the music or something. I don't know. Or you want to see who the best boy key grip was. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, this is so different from the original. Um, you know, the whole idea of, um, you know, the Necronomicon and these old gods and, and cults and stuff, that, that was not in the original, like, at all. It was just this fucking deformed freak living in the walls of a castle was just attacking anybody that, I, that came its way. I blame Babs. <laughs> that yeah. Babs was like, we need more Lovecraft. Yeah. Well, you know, because Stuart Gordon, you know, he did like Reanimator and he sure, did yeah. a lot of Lovecraft inspired works. So I don't know if that was just like an homage to him or if that was just her own passion. Um... But yeah, I, mean, I don't know why I made her sound like Beverly D'Angelo, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I've never been a huge fan of Castle Freak. It's just kind of one of those full moon movies that like was in the background for me. Oh, here, I mean, Crampton later announced that the film would feature an expanded Lovecraft universe with some elements from the first film while introducing many new characters. Yeah, and like the the theme of the story like i said at the beginning is similar to the original in that there is a castle there is a, a freak there's a freak <laughs> there's a blind character who moved into the castle who's also american um and that that's kind of where the similarities stop um yeah i don't know Yeah, I don't know what inspired necessarily the the extra Lovecraft elements. It wasn't super distracting, I guess. It just kind of had to separate myself from the original, because, like I said, it was just completely unexpected. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know, there's like a religious element in this that wasn't really there um, to begin with. Um, but yeah, overall. 
I thought it was pretty good. I thought it, I think it stood on its own two feet without having to just kind of um, rehash the, the, the original movie. Um, what did you think of um, Claire Catherine, who played Bex? How do you mean? Like, just as an actress. I thought she was all right. What did you think of her as a blind person? She's um, better than Ben Affleck. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not hard to do. But it seemed like, to me, I guess you answer first. I think for the most part she did okay. There were points where it seemed like she was looking somebody directly in their face. Yeah. I was going to say, there, it seems like there were scenes where they like really kind of focused on make sure you don't look at this person or this thing. Mm-hmm. And then you know you could tell she was like trying to focus on maybe something behind somebody or something to make sure she was looking off in a different direction. But yeah, there's definitely scenes where she's like looking people out in the eyes or she'll like reach out and touch something and just like doesn't have to feel around, just immediately finds it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's recently blind too. You know, that's the difference between somebody who's recently blind and somebody who's been blind for years or their entire life. life. Yeah. Is they have, you know, you always hear about people who lose a sense, their other four senses become enhanced. Um, and there's uh, some truth to that. Um, in, in that the, their remaining senses just become a little more sensitive. Yeah. Um, which is why she can hear the, the castle freak on the walls and no one else can. Right. But, I assume that's never really addressed, but I just kind of assumed that was why. Yeah. Like this is like the castle freak story was based partially on a Lovecraft story. I think it's called rats in the walls. Um, to where this guy, he, he inherits a castle in I think it's like Scotland or something. So it's weird that the not only the original Castle Freak, but this take place in, in Europe. Um but anyway, yeah, he inherits a castle and the the like just being in the castle I think just slowly drives him mad. I I haven't read it. I just kinda know the, the baseline. Um but anyway um Yeah, I don't know. It's just, most of the movie was good. Um, some members of the cast I could have done without, like most of their group of friends. Like I felt like the professor, to a, to an extent, was kind of you know important to the story. Um, well, yeah, because he was the only one that could like read the Necronomicon, and uh, you know he kind of uh, helped explain what was going on that nobody else could have done otherwise. The only other person that maybe could have would have been Marco, since he's you know. Part of the whole thing, he's the executor or whatever he was. Yeah, that he, you know, he knows what's going on. But um, yeah, otherwise, you kind of needed the professor for that. Uh, he wasn't really an old Ralph role, I guess, but just kind of the the know it all, the know it all. Yeah, the <laughs> the one to explain the background to us. All right, um, but you know, and like Shelley was okay. I thought she was kind of like a good as a like a ditzy kind of. Yeah, well, you know, just to. She was good as a as a, st- a stepping point for showing what a piece of shit John is. Yeah. Um, and uh, but like like the two other guys, I, I can't even remember their names. But like one I, of them was Larry. I only remember that because it's my dad's name. <laughs> Larry and uh, he's not even credited here. Womp womp. Oh man, they didn't credit the black guy. That's awkward. 
<laughs> oh, it's based on the story of The Outsider. See, that's another story. And I looked at, uh, at The Outsider, and I don't know. Like, maybe this was based partially on that. But the original Castle Freak, I don't see that at all. Oh, interesting. Uh, his name, he must have not had a name in the movie. Yeah, on IMDb, it's blank. Yeah. Oh, you're on the old IMDb still. There's a new one. Yeah. Oh. Looks like this now. Why did, why did they do that? Oh, you got it right at the top bar there. Eh, hard pass. <laughs> it's going to come sooner or later. Yeah, well. Just like Facebook. Facebook, I fucking hate how it looks now. I can't, like, I... I try to not look at it on a web browser because it just it's slow and buggy, and I fucking hate how it looks. So I just stick to it on my phone. Um, but that, that's like the same thing. They make everything bubbles and shit. It's fucking dumb. Anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, Larry and the Black Guy, <laughs> which sounds like a cop show. <laughs> <laughs> but. Honestly, yeah, those two could have been not in the movie, and I wouldn't have missed them at all. Yeah, they really didn't add anything. No. Um, Other than, man, spoiler alert, being cannon fodder. Right. And yeah, I mean, if, I guess if you want to stack up the body count, then that's that's what you got to do. There were but, some good kill scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the gore was right up there with, you know, classic, like, uh, well, I mean, kind of what we've come to see from like Fangori movies, yeah, for starters, but also really um, true to Full Moon's legacy and being just really over the top in, in gore and in, in violence and stuff, <clears throat> and also filming in Eastern Europe. Um, there's all it's also basically uh, softcore porn at times, a little bit, yeah. Which you know, with Charles Band, we kind of expect, yeah. Pretty much every woman in this movie gets naked. Actually, yeah, every woman in this movie gets naked. Not not the old lady at the uh, in the village, except, except for her. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Bex, Shelley, and the, the castle freak, the castle freak, who is also same actress that plays um, uh, Bex's mom. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, all all naked. Yeah, so, and you also see I'm. It it sure looked like two people were having sex, like on screen. Yeah, which was unfortunate because it was a terrible angle. <laughs> Who wants to see that? That's oh, the low down. <laughs> but no, it was from the back. It was like it's all balls and asshole. <laughs> That's basically what it was. I mean, it was from like the backside of cowgirl position. Yeah, at about bed level. Yeah. So you're just getting fucking butt cheeks and nuts. Yeah. Ain't nobody want that. I was like, if they're not having sex, they're real close. Right. Um. Anyway, but yeah, so the story I thought was you know very different from the original, but but it's pretty good. Um. There, you know, some characters I said like I said could have been done without. Um. Acting was good. I mean, no real major complaints for the acting. Uh, like I said, I didn't like the professor. He was really the only one. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that but was... But yeah, that could have been the character. Yeah. It's it's really hard to say. Because, um, I mean, I've, I've met 
like weird neurotic people like that before. Yeah. It's just, just how they are. Um, but, uh, I don't really have any major complaints. I mean, like I, I felt at times like the Lovecraft element was kind of shoehorned. A little ham fisted. Yeah. Um, so it also seemed like there was a few times where it just kind of felt like it was repeating itself. Yeah. Like it was like John and Bex would go and find something. And then when the, the American crew shows up, he has to go and show it to them again. It's like, why do we need to see this? Like we saw this already. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to talk in circles. So. It is an hour and 45 minutes. So it's a little bit longer than, but it it doesn't drag. Normal. It doesn't drag. I think it carries pretty well. I think there's parts that do, I think. Mostly, like I said, the parts that kind of repeat themselves. And you're just like, why Why is this here? Um, mm. But not to a point where I'm just like, oh my God, this is so boring. Or not like get on with it. And... Smiley face killer. <laughs> Fuck. I'm so upset that I watched that movie. <laughs> um, they can't all be winners, kid. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Um, I don't think so. No, makeup was good. Uh, like the, so the makeup gore, was the, the gore I, was good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get into that. Makeup was pretty solid. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, like it's, I, 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 I'm still just shook though by the Castle Freaks giant vagina. That was really gross. And like I said, that that when that was like a full reveal, that was the first time I had realized that it was a woman. Yeah. Just the giant fucking like... Yeah, because like their face is mostly wrapped in bandages and stuff for the, the majority of the movie. Yeah. So you don't really get a good look at the, at the Castle Freak un- until that moment, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like, you know, the 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 tits were just like really deflated and like saggy. Saggy, so they just kind of look like they could have been man boobs. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, it's just that fucking giant pussy <laughs> yeah we are talking giant here guys when we say giant vagina we mean like abnormally just giant yeah you probably like you i could, said it legit like almost goes to her belly button mm-hmm. it, you could have put like your head and probably your shoulders in there and spoiler alert someone has sex with her and doesn't realize that it's her yeah <laughs> not, not, how does that happen not once is it questioned how do, how do you not just go hey why is your vagina suddenly a cavern <laughs> Okay. Um, Why can I fit my balls in there too? <laughs> and maybe my legs? Maybe. Um, yeah. There, like at a couple points, this turns into like some weird fucking like anime tentacle porn, which is weird, weird stuff. I could have done without that. I I don't like I don't understand it. Like, what was the point? <laughs> Just because Lovecraft and tentacles go hand in hand, sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All in all, it's pretty good. Um, Not bad. I'd say. I. I mean, it's it's on Shutter, so I could pretty much watch it anytime I want. I'd I'd say this would is worth a rewatch at some point. Um. I give it an eight. Whoa. Uh, I'm gonna give a six. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think it's that good. I think we like we have different tastes when it comes to like just 
over the top, like gross gore and schlock. I think. I guess so. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Yeah, like um, smiley face killers. If you want to spend the what, like five bucks to watch it, um, then you can. But uh, Castle Freak is on Shutter. I mean, both of these movies cost five ninety nine, but one of them will also get you all of Shutter. Right. Which you should be doing anyway, as we've mentioned time and time again. They're not going to give us any money, huh? Shutter's not going to give us any money. You can stop shilling for them. But just say, if you're a fucking horror fan, you should have a Shutter because it's good. <laughs> like you get so many horror movies for six bucks a month. Why? Why? Are, why aren't you doing that? <laughs> why are you doing it right now? <laughs> you when I turned on Shutter. Uh, Scare Me was on like the the over the top channel, mm-hmm. and I was tempted to just sit and watch it. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay, so um, that wraps things up for us here today, guys. Um, and we actually successfully recorded an episode, so <laughs> good for us. Um, we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode, wherein we we will be watching what. We will be watching a brand new movie from the UK called Bloody L, <laughs> uh, as well as uh, some movie called Getaway. Yep. I've never heard of it. I saw it on upcoming horror movies, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> looks Fuck it. En- yeah, it looks good enough. Then I watched the trailer, and I was like, man, I could, I could go for that. All right, so we're going to be talking about two movies that nobody's ever heard of. Turn <laughs> Tune in for that. <laughs> Well, that's why people wa- listen to us, guys. Oh, that's why. So, so they can hear about these uh, these never heard, never heard, never heard of before movies, and get our precious uh, um, take on them. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh, so look out for that, guys. In the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Of course, check out graveplotfilmfest.com for all your film fest wants and needs. Check out which films we've selected. Get your tickets February 6th, 2021. And head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you want to get some exclusive content, including joining us live for horror business. All for just a little bit of money a month. Just a wee bit. Yeah. Just a few shekels. Do we have that at a tier? Or Yeah. It is okay. It's the same tier as the people who get their name in the show. Got it. So only a select few that give us a certain amount of money. Yep. Okay, guys. So until next time, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Sleeves, hammer plants and make believe. Pirate ships sailing off to sea. Will you come party with me in my castle? In my castle? In my castle? In my castle? This is for the freaks and for my magicians. Booty clapping, lap dancing technicians. Dance parties in the name of Great Britain and American girls who love a Detroit piston. Like Dennis Rod, man. I got a rod, man. Oh, yeah. A long, long dong and a soft hand and a ping pong, ping schlong. Let's all dance. 
from England to Stockholm. I'm wearing a cape just like a poncho. I got a cutie and I'm making a beat on a booty like I was a Bonnaroo beating up on a bongo. I got a battle of Martinelli's and jumping it all over anybody that's kicking it in the grotto. And the neighbors keep tripping. I'm like I'm in a castle. Fuck your condo. Unicorns and wizard sleeves, amethysts and make believe. Pirate ships sailing off the sea, sailing off the sea, sailing off the sea. Unicorns and wizard sleeves, amethysts and make believe. Pirate ships sailing off the sea. Will you come party with me in my castle? In my castle. In my castle. To party, I'm a partier. You like to wander, I'm a wanderer. Your thighs are the closet to Narnia. Is it cool if I go and get lost in that? I'm the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Massage my lap, I have a sore bone. Of course, cold on the dance floor, like an Eskimo toes in the North Pole with both toes poking out of the two holes in the Eskimo socks. I'm hot, like a cauldron from a warlock wearing sweatpants and a sauna. Who's your father? I'm not. I'm motherfucking Raven Bowie, and here's my cock. Rooster, cock a doodle doo, sir. Take a hit of the hookah, now make it drop. Girl's booty was bigger than the stomach of Rick Ross. <laughs> Holy mother mountain of tender tendons do get lost in pounce, pounce. That castle booty, that bottom, make it wobble, wobbly, wobble till my third leg has to hobble. Yeah! You don't want to look back on this night and think I should have been freaking on a booty. Kill the coyote in the middle of a party in the night. In the night.